because I think one of the problems, and this is from afar, you would obviously know this better than I would, but one of the, I think, the problems in New Orleans with the whole situation is that, you know, they got him the same summer that they traded Anthony Davis. And so immediately Zion was the face of the franchise and he's the guy, which obviously he would be because he's the most, one at the time, the most talented prospect to come into the league since LeBron. That's about to change in the next month when Victor Wimbanyama gets drafted. But at the time, he was seen as that guy. He comes to Portland. There is already somebody who whose franchise it is as far as players on the team and guys who really decide how all this stuff is run. And, you know, I I think Dame is not going to really, just knowing what I know about, like, some of the guys that have come in here. Like, I remember, like, obviously not nearly as talented of a player, not nearly, like, as high impact of a guy, but when Yusuf Nurkic, who I believe you, were you covering Denver when Nurk was there? I, I did overlap with Nurk a little bit. Yep. Okay. The first season I was there, Nurkic and Jokic started like the first 15 games of the season together, Balkan buddy ball. Right. But so Nurkic comes over from Denver in that trade. And I think this was, was it like 2017, 2018, something like that. And, you know, the, the thing around Nurkic was, you know, he's out of shape. He doesn't work hard. He has this attitude problem, whatever. And now maybe some of that has come up again since then, and, and a lot of that is because Nurk had the pretty serious leg injury and hasn't really been the same player since then, but Dame got the best basketball out of him that anybody's ever gotten because he really was willing to, you know, pour into him and say, like, okay, this is what this guy needs to succeed. I'm going to stay on this guy every day and make sure, like, he's, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. And, you know, there are other guys that have come through over the past, however many years Maurice Harkless was one even like he, he got like kind of a decent year out of Hassan Whiteside the year that Hassan Whiteside was here I kind of feel like for Zion the best guy that he could have around him is Dame because Dame is gonna be you know no matter who is the most talented player it's, it's kind of like how you know this is kind of a crazy thing to kind of compare it to but like you know LeBron goes to Miami it's still Dwayne Wade's team because Dwayne Wade has been there from day one and he's the one that's like, it, you know, the culture is like set around him and stuff. That's kind of what the situation would be in, in Portland if Zion comes here. Who's the more talented player? Who's the better player? Clearly Zion, but, you know, Dame is the one that dictates how things go and Dame does not really have a lot of tolerance for guys not working. Like, he's not, he's not, he's not a guy like Jimmy Butler or, you know, Kobe who's going to be like cursing guys out, but he will make it known if he's not happy if somebody is not working as hard as they could. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you, like, make a list of guys who would be good for Zion, I mean, Dame is, you know, near the top or maybe at the top of that list. I mean, to me, like, that pairing just makes sense from a, a basketball perspective, right. one. I mean, like, a Dame-Zion pick-and-roll, good luck. <laughs> I mean, good luck stopping that. And And you could invert it, too, you know? Like, Zion... It's a really good ball handler. Have Dame set the screen for him, like Pop. I mean, I I love that basketball fit, first of all. But yeah, I mean, Dame, you know, seems like the type of leader who could who could maybe reach him. Um, and for the light bulb to go off for Zion, like it honestly just might take getting traded. I mean, like a lot of us, you know, probably myself included, like you only learn when you like actually fail and there's like a life event, you know, like it just it just might be that for him. Like it might not go off until he's on another team. I know that's a case for a lot of these guys. Um, like me personally, I don't know that 
I would move him just because there's five years left in the deal. And it's hard to get elite talent here in New Orleans. And he's so good. I mean, I just think about it like this. I mean, you've dealt with a lot. Like they've dealt with a lot of BS. But as long as there's professional basketball in New Orleans, like there might, there probably won't be another player with as much natural talent as Zion Williamson here. So I would be a little weary about giving him up with so much time left on the deal. Yeah, and I think that's part of the risk slash reward for Portland, where you know Brandon Ingram, who I don't, I don't think they would be that interested. I, I don't know this, but I just just knowing what I know of again, what types of guys they look at and who what they don't, I don't think Ingram would be of interest to them for a lot of reasons. But a guy who only has two years left on his deal, and then you've got to max him with Zion. There's a risk that maybe, you know, the health stuff and the conditioning stuff never comes together and never gets back on track, and then that contract becomes kind of an albatross. But the upside is if he comes here and does get back in shape and stays healthy, you've got him for five years. You don't have to worry about trading the number three pick for him, and then he's going to leave in two years. Right. That's that's a huge part of this equation to me. Brandon Ingram has two years left in his deal Zion Williamson has five years left in his deal. And, you know, they're no both, outs, right? Yeah, they're both on the, the 25% max right now. Like when Ingram is up for his new deal, like you are really going to have to back up the Brinks truck for him. And I, I think, you know, in this new environment in the CBA, if you're maxing a guy, and especially if it's more than the 25% max, like that guy better be really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he better be really good. Like I would want to avoid situations like Bradley Beal and things like that with, you know, how punitive things are going to be when you reach that second apron. I mean, like the 30% max, the 35% max, if that guy's not like elite, I would be, I would be nervous. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a situation that a lot of teams are running in like Boston, for example, like Jason Tatum is clearly worth that. Is Jalen Brown worth that? Probably not, but they're going to have to pay him or else they have to trade him. And I kind of put Brandon Ingram in that same boat where you got to pay him that because that's what the market is, but you don't feel great about paying him that. Yeah, and Jalen Brown is a lot more accomplished than Brandon Ingram. I mean, Brandon Ingram has been in the NBA, I think, for seven years. And, like, this isn't his fault. I mean, it's been largely a result of, like, circumstance. But, like, he's never been on a team that's won more than 42 games. This was the first time in his career this last year. The Pelicans went 42-40. and 40. He's been on a team that's finished with a winning record. Like, he hasn't – I don't think he's, like, proven that he can drive winning at a high level yet. And his health – history i mean it's not you don't think about it as much as you think about zion because the whole thing because you you know you look at zion and you look at his body type and you see the kind of injuries that he has and you that's what you think about but brandon ingram hasn't exactly been durable either throughout his career i mean that's been the problem with the last two years yeah i mean this year you know zion got hurt on january 2nd pelicans i believe we're in second place in the western conference you know it was kind of like all right I got hurt. I'm passing the baton. Y'all are in a good place. And the Pelicans, you know, fumbled that transition. They ran a really bad race, um, you know, finished the season in ninth place. They, they sunk down the standings. And Brandon Ingram missed 29 straight games with an injury the team described as a left toe contusion. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't know exactly what Ingram's perspective is on what he was dealing with, but that's what the Pelicans described the injury as a left toe contusion. He missed two straight months with that injury. You know, there's a lot of people believing he could have played during that time. So yeah, I don't know that like people were thrilled with Ingram coming off this season. What do you know about 
talks that New Orleans has had with Charlotte, because that's the other variable here is, you know, Portland can trade the pick, but they're going to get different offers if Scoot is there versus if, you know, it's Brandon Miller that teams are trading up for. I do know that there are a couple of teams that have Miller higher on their board than Scoot and that that's who they would be interested in moving up for. But you're going to get offers from different teams. Like if, if Miller or if Scoot rather goes second to Charlotte or Charlotte trades the pick somewhere else and that team takes Scoot, then all of this is off the table because I don't think New Orleans is interested in moving up for Brandon Miller. They're interested in moving up for Scoot. But so what do you know about, you know, what they've talked about with Charlotte, like does like who did like is Charlotte interested in like a Ingram or a Zion or would they trade the pick for like picks or young players or like what, like what, what would, what do you, what would you put the chances at that New Orleans and Charlotte are able to get something done for number two? Yeah. I mean, I don't get the sense that they've gotten like far into negotiations. I think it's kind of, you know, been pretty early in the process. You know, when I look at, like, first of all, I think the most likely outcome is that Ingram and Zion are just both back next year. I, I think that, you know, it's hard Usually to make the trades. the most likely outcome is any tr- rumored trade doesn't happen because it's hard to make trades. Yeah, so I, I would start there. Um, and then I think I would say that, I think it's just more likely, you know, they, they make a deal with Charlotte than Portland for, uh, you know, a couple reasons. Number one, I mean, you just guarantee that you get Scoot. You don't have to, like, you know, you don't have to do the intel of, like, well, are we sure Charlotte's going to take Brandon Miller and do this and that? And the other thing, too, is when I look at the contract situations for each team, uh-huh. Charlotte has Gordon Hayward at, you know, above $30 million on an expiring deal. Like, it's just really easy to make the money work with that. Like, Gordon Hayward and number two, and boom. You know, and Gordon Hayward's off the books after this next year. When I look at... Portland, I mean, they've got Simons, but if you're trying to get Scoot, you've already got Scoot and CJ. You'd have to to reroute him to a third team. The good news is that you'd be able to reroute him to a third team because he's on a really good contract. He just fit-wise doesn't make a lot of sense in New Orleans. But then it's like Nurkic would have to be the other money, and then what? You know, does that mean you 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 move Jonas to a third team, or do you even view Nurkic as an upgrade to Jonas? Maybe it's like a three-team deal where the Simons Nurkic money all goes to a third team, like. It gets more complicated to do it that way. But I also feel like Charlotte's front office is a lot more risk-averse than Portland's front office, and they might just ultimately say, you know, Zion Williamson is too big of a risk for us. We're just going to keep the pick and keep and take Brandon Miller. Yeah, and, you know, I, when I checked in with some Pelicans people I don't, probably a week ago, you know, just specifically about Charlotte, they're like, it's just it's just kind of weird right now because, you know, MJ is trying to get out basically. Um, and, you know, there's kind of uncertain uncertainty of like, well, re- who really has the juice right now and who is really calling the shots. Um, so I think that makes the situation a little bit weird. I mean, Zion's from South Carolina and uh, Brandon Ingram's for- from North Carolina. So they're both kind of like Carolina boys. There's that connection. You know, Zion is obviously a Jordan brand athlete and like as a Jordan stan, I think that's like an interesting angle to this whole thing. Um, But yeah, I don't know what Charlotte wants to do. The other connection with one of those guys is that Mitch Kupchak drafted Brandon Ingram at number two when he was the GM of the Lakers. And I don't know, you know, what their relationship is like, but I'm sure they have one. I'm sure, you know, Mitch Kupchak, 
at one point liked him enough to draft him number two. I'm sure he still likes him. Yeah, I I think that's really interesting. And let, let me ask you this. I mean, let's just say the the Pelicans say science too talented. We want we don't want to do it, but we will put Ingram on the table. Is is your sense that like a an Ingram centric deal gets it done for number three? No, I don't think they view that as enough of a needle mover. I think especially if Scoot is there at three, I think they feel like they could get better offers than that. I think like they've been putting it out and this could just be them putting it out because this is just every, you know, every, every GM wants to, you know, increase the leverage that they have, but they've been going through the process with this draft stuff. They, they brought Scoot in for a workout a week or two ago. They've brought in the twins, uh, Ahmed and Asar Thompson from overtime elite. They are doing workouts the next three days, including today. They haven't said who they're bringing in yet because they don't say until day of. I would, you know, I would be shocked if Brandon Miller isn't one of the ones that gets brought in. But they're going through the process and they're putting it out there to teams. Like, I mean, I think they would like to trade the pick for an upgrade because that's what Dane wants. But if you go back to last year, they had the number seven pick and I realized trading the number seven pick is a different ask than trading the third pick, but they had pretty serious talks with Toronto about OG Ananobi while they were on the clock at seven. And they ultimately decided that the, the upside of trading that pick for OG Ananobi wasn't as high as the upside of keeping that pick and taking shade and sharp. So they weren't going to just eat last year. They weren't going to trade the seventh pick just to trade the seventh pick for a win now guy because that's what Dame wanted. So I don't know. I don't think they're going to trade the third pick in a better draft just to trade the third pick. So they're kind of putting it out there that you guys better step your offers up if you want this pick because we're totally comfortable just keeping the pick and taking the best player available and just, you know, hoping that Dame comes around to that. So that that's what they're putting out there at teams. And so I think if Scoot is there, they will probably get better offers than Brandon Ingram. But I think Zion would be something that would get their attention pretty strongly yeah yeah totally i mean could you see them just taking scoot sure they could i mean i think that's the most talented i i obviously that opens up a whole bunch of other questions i don't think dame would be thrilled about that but i also i'm not really taking the dame trade stuff that seriously right now because there's really nowhere for him to go there's no team that has enough to offer that like like i don't like the two teams that he mentioned in that showtime interview the other week brooklyn and miami neither of those teams really have anything to trade that portland would be interested in so i don't think and i don't i don't think that this front office is gonna if dame if dame if 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 dame were to say i want to be traded i don't think they would just send him where he wants to go and you know not get a good return i think they would you know I think if he asked to be traded, they would trade him once they found an offer they liked, but they're not going to just say, hey, pick where you want to go and we'll just get whatever, you know, far out draft picks that could be in the 20s that we can get and just, you know, call it that. Like they would, I think they would play it more the way that Sean Marks played the KD stuff last summer where he didn't, he asked to be traded last summer. They didn't, they didn't trade him because they didn't find any offers that they liked. And then later on, once, you know, the Kyrie stuff blew up and KD went back to them and said, look, can we, you know, do this? And then they were able to get a pretty good deal from Phoenix where they got Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges plus all those picks. Like, I don't think, I think they, you know, I, I don't think Dane would love it if they drafted Scoot, but I also, again, knowing what I know about this front office and how they prioritize upside, 
I think if there's not an offer that blows them away and Scoot is there and he is really as much of a generational prospect as people say that he is, and they would know more than I would about uh, all that stuff because they've evaluated these guys, they've scouted these guys, they've, you know, they've been watching these guys for multiple years and, you know, Mike Schmitz is in their front office now, the former ESPN draft analyst who's watched as many of these guys as there is. He was a big driver, I believe, in them taking Shaden Sharp last year because he was one of the few guys that's seen him. But, yeah, I think they would feel totally comfortable just, if, especially if Scoot is there. I don't know how they value the Twins versus Brandon Miller versus, you know, whoever else they're, they could be looking at at three if Scoot is gone. But I think if Scoot is there and they don't get an offer for, like, one of these, like, Mikael Bridges or Zion or, you know, somebody like that on the table, then, yeah, I think they'd be happy just taking Scoot and trying to figure it out with Dame. Yeah, I mean, you know, you obviously know Portland way better than me, but if I, if I was them, like, Zion would be the number one guy I'm, I'm trying to add to this team because it makes you better right now. You know, it gives you a future... Um, you know, if once Dame ages a little bit, yeah. I mean, it just makes sense from from so many different levels. It's the highest upside play for sure. I would just need, I would need to, I would need to see all the medicals, and that that's the thing that would that would give me pause about it is the medicals, and you know that that that's that's the if that if that stuff checks out and by checks out, I mean you know you don't. I think the thing that would make you not do it is if it turns out that he has some like degenerative knee condition, like a, like what Kawhi Leonard is dealing with, where it's just always going to be a thing. These injuries that Zion has had, I mean, they're all lower body stuff, but it seems like they're all pretty, like, it's not like he has one knee that he keeps re-injuring over and over again, or he has one foot that's a problem. Like these are all unrelated stuff. It just kind of keeps happening because he's not in the kind of shape that he probably should be in, but it's not a Kawhi Leonard situation or, you know, going back to like, portland stuff from the past it's not a brandon roy situation where you know that this knee is just always going to be a problem because like he doesn't have the cartilage or you know there is a condition there that it's just always going to be an issue so as long as that stuff checks out and there's not something like that going on me personally i'm not the one running the team but me personally the talent is high enough and the upside is high enough that it's a risk i would take yeah and you know as, as far as the like the zion injury conversation goes i mean i think it's just a it's a lot more complicated than zion should just lose some weight I mean, right. I think it would you know help if he's playing at 265. But I think he and he needs to get some smart people around him need to examine like the ways in which he is training. Like he is naturally has so much muscle on that body. Like to me, he should be doing you know flexibility stuff and like lengthening his muscles. And you know, my first instinct is to get him on the Joe Johnson hot yoga plan. Like I feel like Zion should be doing hot yoga. Like six times a week because it's like, dude, you're already the strongest player in the entire NBA. Like when you're a rookie, you, you put your shoulder into Steven Adams and moved him eight feet back. I mean, you don't need to get any stronger. You need to figure out a way for your, your muscles to absorb the shock when you're pushing off or you're landing and things like that. And look, I'm not a sports scientist or anything, but that's just my two cents. Like there needs to be an overall look at like the ways he is training because you know, running a bunch of 400s around the track, like, to me, that's, you know, like, it needs to be a much smarter approach than that. Well, one of, that's an interesting point you bring up, because one of the stories, I think it was the Windhorse Jonathan Cavoni feature, was one of those big features about Victor Wembanyama that came out before the lottery, 
where where they talked to a bunch of people around him and one of the ones that i read was that when he was a teenager he was working with holger dirk's shooting coach who was with him in dallas for a number of years and uh the you know the originally the plan was for Wemby to do a whole bunch of strength training and put on a bunch of muscle and Holger was like no 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 we don't want to load up his body with muscle because then that's just going to lead to all these lower body injuries and that's going to put too much stress on it so that kind of checks out with what you're saying where a lot of these injuries that Zion has are just that he has too much muscle and that's just putting too much you know stress on his lower body and that's leading to some of these issues that he's had yeah, I would be heavily focused on, you know, like core strength and and just overall flexibility with him because he's just naturally so freaky already. You know, like his 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 father was, you know, basically an SEC defensive lineman. You know, if he like that's kind of what Zion is. Like he's like to me, he's like an SEC defensive lineman. But you know, God gave him a forty-seven inch vertical and an incredible handle. You know, he just he really shouldn't exist. 